0: Welcome to the faith broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you. It'll strengthen you and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Praise God. We're continuing tonight with part four, faith in the name of Jesus. Part four, faith in the name of Jesus. Remember what we said last us In the previous weeks that the word name means the authority and the character thereof the word name means the authority and the character thereof it is all that a name implies of its authority its character its rank its majesty its power its excellence it's everything that name covers We said the word name means the authority and the character thereof. It is all that a name implies of authority, character, rank, majesty, power, excellence. It's everything that that name covers. And so when someone would say in the the name of, it is similar to saying by the power of. So when someone would go in the name of someone else, they were an authorized representative. They were authorized to carry out tasks on behalf of someone who sent them. In this context to say, in the name of us also say in his stead or on his behalf. Acts chapter 3 verse 6, one of our text scriptures for this series in the New Living Translation says, but Peter said, I don't have any silver or gold for you, but I'll give you what I have. In the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, get up and walk. Notice what Peter said. He said, I'll give you what I have. So let's do a, few, a little bit of review for the next few moments. He said, I'll give you what I have. And of course, the word have means to have, to hold and possess. So what did he have? What did he possess? What did he have the right to use? The name. He had the name. He had the right to use the name. He had right to access what that name covered. He had the right to access what was included in that name. And one of the things we see in Acts chapter 3 and 4, that there is healing in the name, that you can receive healing from the name because he- healing is covered by that name. Peter knew that he had the right to use the name and administer healing in that name. Let's get down to Acts chapter 3, verse 12. We look at verse in the New Living Translation, verse 12 and verse 16. Peter saw his opportunity and addressed the crowd. People of Israel, he said, what is so surprising about this and why stare at us as though we made this man walk by our own power or godliness. Through faith in the name of Jesus, this man was healed. And you know how crippled he was before. Faith in Jesus' name has healed him before your very eyes. The man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. Go ahead and say it out loud and put it in the chat. Say, the man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. The man was healed through faith in the name of Jesus. And so as we said before, let's repeat it. First, who had faith in the name of Jesus? That's the first question we ask ourselves. Second, where did that faith come from? As we did a few weeks ago in reading Acts 3 and 4, we have no evidence that that man had any faith in the name of Jesus. We do see that he expected to receive something from them. However, we don't see any faith in the name. So who had faith in the name? Peter and John. Where did that faith come from? Well, how does all faith come from? Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So what did Peter and John hear? That they had the right to use the name. Because when we look at that, we'll see how faith came into the heart. So here in Acts chapter 3, they're ready to use that name. And so after we finish our review in just a few moments, we're going to look into what Jesus told them and what they saw concerning their use of the name. Once again, remember the word name means the authority and the character thereof. It is all that a name implies of authority, character, rank, majesty, power, and excellence. It is everything that that name covers. Now go with me to Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, where we left off last week. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says, let this mind be in you. of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him and given him the name, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, is supreme in authority to the glory of God, the father. The Amplified Classic Edition says, therefore, because he stoops so low, God has highly exalted him and freely bestowed on him the name that is above every name. And so we focused a lot on Philippians chapter 2 last week and talk about how it has authority and power, this name, in three different worlds. But I want us to back up and focus on the first few verses. I'll read it to you in the message version first as we begin to get into new territory tonight. The message version says, Think of yourselves the way Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God, but did not think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. The New Living Translation says, Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. Amplified Classic Edition says it this way, but stripped himself of all privileges and rightful dignity so as to assume the guise of a servant, a slave, and that he became like men and was born a human being. So notice what the scripture is saying just in just different ways. That Jesus stripped himself of all the privileges and rightful dignity he had being God. Jesus is 100% God. He always will be a 100% God. And so when we talk about the hypostatic union of, God, of Jesus being 100% God and 100% man, one of the things we still understand what Philippians 2 is telling us, he did not stop being God. He never stopped. He was always God. But we see here he becomes 100% man, and he lays aside the privilege and the status advantages that came with being God. And so when Jesus walked the earth, he did not walk the earth as God. He did walked with the earth as a son of God. He laid aside those privileges. He laid aside that dignity. He took on the same flesh and blood that we had. He took on the guise of human form. He took on flesh and blood just like we have. He laid aside his, he laid aside his privileges, the advantages that came with it, and he became like us. Now, understanding that, go to Luke chapter 4. He laid aside his divine privilege. He laid aside his divine privilege and advantage. He did not come to the earth and operate on the earth as God, even though he was a hundred percent God. He's a hundred percent God, while he's walking with a hundred percent God, a hundred percent man. That's how he operated, but that's, he did not do things as God, even though he was God. Pointed example, he, because he was God, he could receive worship. But he didn't do any miracles as God. He didn't deliver anyone as God. He did it. So well, what do you mean? Luke chapter 4, verse 31. Then he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and was teaching them on the Sabbaths. And they were astonished at his teaching, for his word was with authority. This is one of the early times of Jesus' ministry after he moved to Capernaum. And notice one of the hallmarks of Jesus' teaching. He had authority. Now in the synagogue there was a man who had a spirit of an unclean demon. And he cried out with a loud voice, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Did you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. Now, one of the things demons would cry out when they would run to Jesus, they would cry out, Holy One of God, or you are the Son of God. But Jesus always responded to them this way. When they would cry out that, he would rebuke them, saying, Be quiet and come out of him. And when that demon had thrown him in their midst, it came out of him and did not hurt him. Then they were all amazed and spoke among themselves, saying, What a word this is, for with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And the report about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. Now this word power here means miraculous power, miraculous force, or the ability to do miracles. This word authority, of course, is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. And so when we understand these two things, and we understand Philippians 2, that Jesus laid aside his divine privileges. Then that begs us to ask the question, if he laid aside his divine privileges, how could he operate in authority and power? If he laid aside his divine privilege, how could he operate with this authority and power we see in Luke chapter 4? Well, let's back up a few verses, one chapter, go to Luke chapter 3. How could Jesus operate in authority and power if he laid aside his divine privilege? Luke chapter 3. Verse 21 and 22, when all the people were baptized, it came to pass that Jesus also was baptized. And while he prayed, the heaven was open, the Holy Spirit descended in bodily form like a dove upon him. And a voice came from heaven which said, you are my beloved son and you I am well pleased. Now, one of the things we know from studying the Gospels, Jesus didn't do any miracles until after he received the Holy Spirit coming upon. That is the anointing. He was empowered. Now, one of the things you have to understand, you have no reason to anoint God. You don't need to anoint God. God is anointed. He is the source of the anointing. It is his power. It is him. That's what the anointing is. You don't have to anoint God. Do you know what you have to anoint? Mankind. Mankind has to be anointed. And remember, Jesus is 100% God, 100% man, but he's not living on earth and operate on earth as God. He's living and operating on earth as man. And now he's going to live and operate as a man anointed by God. So we see where this power came from. But let's go a little bit further, and of course we know about that Acts 10, how God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all those who oppressed the devil for God was with him. We know that was one of the things that was preached throughout the areas Jesus was. Let's skip down, let's go over a couple chapters to Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, we We're can look at verse 24. Notice what Jesus calls himself, because the demons will cry out, you are the Son of God, you are the Holy One of God. They recognized who he was. Of course, they could see in the Spirit, they realized they are dealing with the Son of God, but they didn't fully realize what was going on. They didn't think that Jesus could deal with them because he was the Son of God. They didn't think he had the legal right or authority because he was the Son of God. But notice, even though he is the Son of God and when you see it in John especially, he talked about himself being the son of God. He did not operate on the earth as the son of God. Notice what he said in Luke chapter 5 verse 24. "But that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins. That were powers, of course, authority, which means the power right to give orders, make decisions, enforce obedience. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. Notice how Jesus referred to him here, himself in Luke chapter 4. he called himself the son of man now go ahead and put it in the chat write in any notes what did Jesus call himself here the son of man let's go to the next chapter Luke chapter 5 Luke excuse me Luke chapter 6 verse 5 and he said to them the son of man is also lord of the Sabbath of course lord means supreme in authority so although Jesus is the son of God he's not operating as the son of God how is he operating as the Son of Man? Now, to some of you, the Son of Man is not that big of a title, but Jesus explained it more in John chapter 5, verse 26 and 27. He says, For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son to have life in himself, and has given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. Well, that's a big deal. He was granted authority to execute judgment as well because he is. The Son of Man. Well, when you think about the title, The Son of Man, it's referring to what was revealed to the prophet Daniel in Daniel chapter 7. So let's go there. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. And we'll get to how that affects you and how you can have faith in the name of Jesus. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. So one of the things we know about the title Son of Man, it is a messianic title. And what does Messiah mean? It's the Hebrew word for Christ. It means the anointed one. It's talking about the anointed one here. This anointed one was given authority as the Son of Man. Now let's look at how Paul said it in the same line of thinking, thinking about Jesus being the Son of Man. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45 go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45, and let's do a little bit more laying foundation for what we're going in this series. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45, and so it is written that the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. However, the spiritual is not first, but the natural, and afterward, the spiritual. The first man was of the earth. Made of dust, the second man is the Lord from heaven. As was the man of the dust, so also are those who were are made of dust. And as the heavenly man, so also are those who are heavenly. And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Notice what it calls Jesus. It calls Jesus here the last or the second Adam. Let that sink in. We know the original Adam, the father of us all. We know his story from the book of Genesis, but it calls calls Jesus the second Adam. It calls him the last Adam. Why? When Jesus was born into this earth, 100% man, yes, he's 100% God, but he's also 100% man, because he's conceived by the word of God, by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is born 100% man, 100% God, and guess what? He has no sin nature. And so now his human nature, It's like Adam's before the fall. So Jesus is operating on earth under Adam's authority. Let that sink in. Yes, he is the son of God, but he's not operating as the son of God. He's operating as the son of man, and he's operating under Adam's authority. The same authority Adam had in the garden, Jesus has here on the earth. And so the authority you see him operating in, in the ministry, in his in the gospel accounts, is not the authority of the Son of God. He's operating as authority as a Son of Man. He's operating under this authority as an anointed human being. He is displaying authority as an anointed human being. Why is that so important? That lets you know you can do it. You say, well, I don't know about that. Well, keep going with me. we still got some more ground to cover. Go with me to Luke chapter 9. Luke chapter 9. Now, let's look at these individuals. Now, remember, Luke chapter 9, this is way before the cross. This is before the resurrection. This is possibly in the last year, maybe year and a half, two years of Jesus ministry, But Jesus hasn't died yet. He hasn't paid the price. He hasn't shed his blood. He hasn't been raised from the dead. He's not seated on high. Luke chapter 9, verse 1 or 2. Then he, Jesus, called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Notice what he did. He called them together and he gave them power and authority. Now that sounds familiar, that phrase power and and authority, where did we see that before? In Jesus, in Luke chapter four, right? That word "power" once again is miraculous power. It's miraculous force. It's the ability to do miracles. This word authority is the power, right to give orders, to make decisions, and to enforce obedience. So he gave them miraculous power, the ability to do miracles, and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases. And so there's authority over diseases, and there's power to cure diseases. It's both here in that case for the sickness and the diseases. But there's power and authority over all devils, and to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. Now skip down with me to verse 6. And they departed and went through the towns, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Verse 10. And the apostles, when they had returned, they told them all that they had done. And he took them and went aside privately in a desert place, belonged to a city called Bethsaida. And the people, when they knew it, followed him and he received them and spake unto them the kingdom of God and healed all that need of healing. Now skip down to verse 49. We see something else happening. Jesus answering questions and teaching and correcting. Verse 49, John answered and said, Master or teacher, we saw one casting out devils in your name, and we forbade him because he follows not with us. He's not the 12. He's not with this group. And Jesus said unto him, Forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. Notice the pattern we see here. They said, We saw somebody else casting out devils using your name. Now, what does that word name mean? Remember, it's the authority and the character thereof. When you use that name, you're saying on his behalf, in his stead. You're using everything that that name covers, right? So we saw someone else, it's not one of the 12 apostles, using that name. And and we said, we stopped him. Jesus said, don't stop him. But notice what wasn't in question, the method of how he cast it out. What was he doing? He was saying, in the name of Jesus. This man. Before Jesus died Before he was raised from the dead Before he ascended on high Before he poured out his spirit Was operating under delegated authority Just like the twelve apostles It doesn't stop there Let's go to Luke chapter 10 Because we see it again Luke chapter 10 After these things The Lord appointed other Seventy also Go ahead and say it out loud And put it in the chat Say also He appointed them also Go ahead and say it out loud Put it in the chat Say also so this also was the same way he did the 12. So the same type of instruction, the same type of impartation of authority and power was given to the 70. Now the 12 apostles, people are familiar with. Now these 70, these are believers. People, most people don't even know their names or know who they were, but they were believers. Just like you, just like me, they were authorized. They were given power. Yeah, we know Peter, James, and John. We know some of the other apostles, but these 70 these were people that Jesus delegated authority to. And we'll get into it more when we go into the more in the No Longer Mere Moral series, the power of delegated authority. So we... After these things, the Lord appointed other seventy also, and he sent them two and two before his face into every city and place where he himself would come. Therefore he said unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Skip down to verse seventeen, and the seventy returned again with joy, saying, Lord. Even the devils are subject unto us through your name. They are having the same result as the apostles because they were appointed the same way. They're having the same results as that man who's not named in Luke chapter 9. They're having the same results. And they get all excited. They come back rejoicing that even the devils are subject unto us. They have to listen to us. or well, why is that important? What is the definition of authority again? It is the power or right to give orders, make decisions, and enforce obedience. They were given that authority. And so the devils had to listen to them. And Jesus said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven verse 19, behold, I give unto you power, and that word power there once again is authority, like we just read, I give you authority to tread upon serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy, now he's not talking about you, if you want to see if you have the authority of the power of Jesus, go out and find a snake and a scorpion, Step on that, he's not saying that, remember, these are 70 people who are traveling on ancient roads, and what are dangers on ancient roads, serpents, Scorpions; These are dangers as you travel. Things that would trip you up in the way or stop you from reaching the destination God has for you. And Jesus said, I give you authority over the tactics the enemy would try to use to keep you from going to where you're supposed to go. To keep you from going to the destination that I have for you. From keeping you from fulfilling the assignment that I have for you. I give you authority over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding in this Rejoice not that the spirits are subject to you. Don't throw a party and celebrate because the demons have to listen to you. Here's what you rejoice about. Rejoice because your names are written in heaven. So notice what we see here. These individuals receive authority from the Son of Man, the anointed one. He delegated his authority to them, and these 12 apostles the 70 and this other gentleman Luke chapter 9 we're not sure if he's one of the 70 or not we're operating in the delegated authority and it worked it was authority given to them and how did they walk in that authority they said in the name of Jesus so one of the things when we get to Peter and John in Acts chapter 3 when we see them heal the man in the name of Jesus, this is not the first time they've used the name. They've had practice using the name. They've been instructed in using the name because Jesus told them to go forth and use the name. They saw 70 others come back to Jesus and they saw the results of them using the name. They saw the results of the other individual using the name. To the fact they expected it to work. They had faith in the name because of what Jesus told them and shared with them in the passages we've already read tonight. And they had faith in the name because they saw it work. They saw what Jesus said was going to happen, happen. They heard it, they saw it, and they believed it. And so when Peter and John saw that lame man, they had faith in the name. And they f- took healing from that name and administered it to that man. Faith in the name of Jesus always works. But one of the things we see about Peter and John, they had developed their faith. By the time you see them Acts chapter 3, they have developed their faith. The 70 had developed that faith. That other individual, Luke 9, had developed his faith. And what I keep telling you what we're doing in the series is helping you develop your faith so that you learn how to use the authority, giving you the name of Jesus, the same way a mechanic would use a tool. Not just haphazardly reaching into a toolbox, trying to get something, hoping it works. But no, you know exactly what tool to pick out. You know exactly what to do. And you're not guessing. You're able to use that authority Correctly, Let me begin to close a setup for where I'm going to share with you next week during our Faith and Morning Devotions during Holy Week. Go with me to John chapter 14. John chapter 14, verse 12, and we'll begin and we'll close it right here. John chapter 14, verse 12. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me. The works that I do, He will do also, and greater works than these He will do, because I go to My Father. And whatever you ask in My name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in My name, I will do it. And I'll also read to you John sixteen twenty three through twenty seven. And that day you'll ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask in the, the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. These things I've spoken to you in figurative language, but the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. And that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me, and have believed that I came forth from God. So notice some of the things we've looked at it so far, faith in the name. Authority over devils. Faith in the name to access healing. Over the last couple weeks, we talked about faith in the name, how there's protection and deliverance in that name. You can run into the name as a strong towel, you'll be lifted up high above the situation and the drama and the trauma. Yes, the name can do that, but also as we learn to develop faith in the name, we can come before the Father and ask for things in the name and receive it. And that's one of the things we're going to get into next week because Jesus, what you see in John 14, 15, 16, and 17, this is some of the last conversations Jesus has before he is taken in the Garden of Gethsemane. These are some of the last things he told his disciples before he suffered, before he was crucified, before he died, before he was risen from the dead. We can get to it next week on Faith in the Morning. Until then, you keep listening to these messages and develop your faith in the the name of Jesus because it'll make all the difference in the world. Praise God. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for what you shared with us tonight. Help us apply it. Help us see more. Help us dive into this topic and learn how to use the authority the way that we should. Father, help us not just to be hearers of this word but to be doers of this word so we can be blessed in our doing. In Jesus' name amen and amen amen i believe today's message encourage you it's strengthen you it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith if you're ever in the metro Atlanta area we'd love for you to worship with us in person you can find information about our different locations at fccga.com also we have so many different ways where you can get the word you can download our faith plus app you could also visit us on our social media pages on instagram on twitter on facebook